welcome to Tech Grumps. Tech Grumps 3.1. And today we have myself, Ian Forrester. We have Ryan. Hello. We have Lucas. Hello. And we have David. Hello. Okay, so straight on. Uh, no mess around because we've got some very interesting topics. Let's start with Twitter. Pay for security. Who wants to take that one? Is that you, David, that started that added that one? Or yeah, I, I wrote this, but, but this is such like straightforward news that everybody everybody said, Well, Ian, you don't care, do you? you don't use Twitter. It's no, no, dead I for do you. use Twitter. I, well, I, I've you cancel Twitter. Twitter. Um, I am actually, frankly, it's a bad precedent and I do not like it at all. I don't even think it's a precedent, is it? I mean, no one else is going to do this. No one else is going to go, hey, this is a great idea. Why don't we have different levels of security for different payment? Nobody's offered to do that. Not yet, but you can see it happening, right? No, I don't see it happening. I see most people laughing, oh, what does this even mean? And yeah. never doing that. It's too stupid. Um, I mean, people were literally confused. Because first of all, like, you know, it's not even a good idea to have text back it's a backup system that's fine i understand that but most people if they want to use two-factor authentication will of course use an app uh not some sort of weird text scheme but then to but to connect it to the payment level it's just i'm not even going to include musk there because some engineers actually did this it's just a silly idea that no one else is going to copy it's a horrible money grab and like from a from a from just a pr perspective I mean, once you once you make an element of security that is a higher level, once you go like, hey, with this, you go, you're basically, especially with anything that's like a previously free platform like Twitter, you're basically you 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 in order to sell what's going to be a fraction of a single percent of this up service to people, everyone else is being told implicitly, yeah, we don't have the best security we could be giving you. Like, and that's and, and, and they don't seem to get that they, they when they think of when they think of tearing these sales up and they think that no one who's getting the the pound signs in their eyes is making that little extra leap to see if we do this what does it say about us to everyone else who doesn't pay lucas you would say something i i think it yeah i, I think it's it's yeah well that that's one one point but also marketing it's it's a pr disaster if the people who are paying less get hacked. I don't understand how that is like, well, you should have paid. It, they're crazy. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. I don't know who does that. Nobody. <laughs> yeah. So Actually, I don't think it's going to You say that, I can see how that could become a good thing for them because they're like, if any, for everyone who, everyone who doesn't pay who does get hacked, they can, they can now go, well, mm-hmm. you know, if you really wanted to be secure, you could have paid for it, buddy. Not our yeah, fault. But, but what's going to happen because nobody has ever wanted to pay for Facebook is uh, sorry for Twitter. <laughs> yeah, all Facebook. Facebook. They're going to leave. They're just going to leave. They're, everybody's going to leave, and you know, okay, that's fine. More mastodon people, I guess. <laughs> sorry, well, yeah. If you, I mean, last time. <laughs> if you wanted to factor authentication from Twitter, then yeah, then I assume you want you're taking security seriously. So, I I mean, I don't mind the drive to get. Twitter blue or some sort of payment. Twitter would have been better if people had paid before, but as you said, people don't pay for these sort of things. So you have to think again, you know. Okay. <laughs> oh, I thought you were gonna say something. Go on, you go for it, you go for it. <laughs> no, I mean it's it it just doesn't make sense. It's like offering a service that is not a service is a must. Like everybody has to take care of cybersecurity. It's you kind of have to do it if you're offering a service, even if it's free, unless you're insane. I, I don't. Yeah, but that's the thing, right? Um, I mean, I, yeah, I know that people are gonna hate on me for saying it. I think he's slightly insane. I mean, no, well, not insane. Oh, okay. He's, I thought you were gonna say I think he's right. No, no. I think I think honestly, he's kind of like, I'll kind of make the most amount of money out of this as fast as I possibly can. You know, so let's just make it so that people get hacked, or I don't really care about the user. I mean. Well, frankly, that's the thing, right? They just do not care about the users. They just see them as a see the whole thing as a cash cow. How much money can we get to you know in a short amount of time? Which is ridiculous. When you let enough of the human element out of an organization, the people who are responsible for thinking like, hey, what if we 
you know, don't put babies on spikes today. Um, but when you let enough of those go, there's an inherent, especially for any kind of corporate structure and the large corporate structure, there's just an inherent force of sociopathy that's going on. Like this, this, this think of don't think like human, think like make money. Yeah. And, and what I think that we're seeing is like, you know, there's this, got rid of this huge numbers of people at Twitter and I'd be willing to bet, like, like if you were to, the, in a layoff situation like that, the people let go are heavily skewed to the emotionally intelligent ones regardless. Because the people who are, have more emotional intelligence don't want to see things get destroyed and don't want to watch their teams go away. Or they're often the people who have stood in opposition in the organization to the parts of the organization that wants to do layoffs in the first place. So after that layoffs, you start to get these what are basically sociopathic decisions by a company because the people who stop the company from making those decisions in that fashion have all gone now. And so there's no one to go, mm, maybe not, maybe not the babies on spikes. No babies on spikes, big profit money. <laughs> maybe we can make the spikes cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. Let's reduce money. Like save money on the spikes. Make the spikes out of the babies. Yes. Oh, recycling. Green. HG. Good. You're getting your bonus today, man. <laughs> Our third quarter is going to be brilliant. Oh, my God. I can't breathe. <laughs> I just, okay. I just need the topic. I, yeah. Okay. I think, I think, I think you're probably right. And I think, I do, I mean, I do actually think Ryan is perfectly right. I mean, all the people that are rational, who are thinking like humans, have left. They've been pushed out. They've been told that, hey, you know what? This is not the place for you. Or they've kind of seen the light and just gone, you know what? This isn't the place for me. And that, now it's run by a bunch of people who don't don't think like humans, you know? And that's it. Babies on spikes. This is this is going to be the title of the show. You know that? Yeah. Which is terrifying. I, I think it's a little... I don't think you can go from like not using SMS security to babies on spikes. But I think the thinking and is yet similar. I just did. But you, yet you just did. I think, let's face it, the thinking is probably uh, what, on the same line. The same sort of people are going to end up saying, hey, you know, how we can really save money. <laughs> okay. Should we go on to the next topic? Oh my as God. quickly as possible. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Just one more thing. On. I, I think they're firing more people. Again? Yes. There's no one left. I don't know. There's there's a comment here. I'm trying to figure out if it's older, but it's it's on the verge on the front page. So I don't know. Wow. Wow. I this is this is I I don't know what to say. Uh, I mean, they they did have too many people. That's fine, but that doesn't mean they should get rid of everyone and then expect everything to work exactly the same way. Or yeah, at the all. other the, the five people left are getting fired now. So I. I... <laughs> I don't know. Ah, who needs engineers? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Next topic. Uh, the Chinese balloons, which has been massively in the press. Uh, so I like the idea of this. Video cult video game culture breaks into real life. I have not read this piece, but who? Uh, well, so no, this is so some time ago. I think most people will remember it was James Bridle had this idea of the new aesthetic. This is um Digital culture, not necessarily games, digital culture appearing in the real world. The typical example would be sculptures that had clearly been with pixelated art and so forth. And they sort of started to leak in. And I can't help feeling that this feels like, because if you said there are Chinese balloons and they've been hit by a, an aircraft missile, you think that sounds like a video game. But when they do it in real life, an actual aircraft goes after a, a balloon. Let's face it, balloons is like part of Mario. I, I just I want to make a point that it's not video game culture. It is very clearly 1980s pop music culture. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's, a whole, there's a whole song about this, and it's Nina. The night and I read balloons. And yeah. I'm and I'm old enough to remember when that song was popular. Floating in the summer sky. I think I can do the German or the English version. Yeah. And, I mean yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Panic Bears run alert. There's something here. I like like the whole story is basically what happened, and I was just like it's almost like maybe they're like that glitch in the matrix. You're like, really, really universe. So you just like, I just run out of ideas. They're like, I don't know. Fuck it. But, 99 uh, red balloons. Let's do it. it. 
And when there was actually a video of the the aircraft like firing a missile, and then only after they fired a what you know, it's probably half a million dollars of missile at yes. a balloon. That was like, <laughs> what what are they doing? Just fucking can, shoot it if it's that important, which it isn't. You can <laughs> bring that with a small drone or something. You know, yeah, <laughs> the lack of intelligence stuck quite worrying. <laughs> I want one of you to sing the song because I've not heard the song. And yes, I feel like you have. Oh, he only, no, he only listens to house music. Okay. Yeah, but there'll be a house version. <laughs> Come on, there'll be a German house version. Neun and neunzig Rot Belunen. Come on, it's bound to have been. Should we? Should we? I mean, do you want to carry on with this subject, or <laughs> or is it just? I, it is I, just I know like, it's happening in Canada too, and you know yeah, the true. government is all very. And identify objects because if they say balloons, everyone's like, ah. There was apparently like this is this has happened a fairly often number of times. It's just this is the time that got sensationalized. Mm, like it's not true. it's not that uncommon. I mean that's that's the problem with balloons is you put them up and then they just go wherever the freaking wind takes them. <laughs> like that's how balloons work. So if someone if someone listens to this. Uh, thank you very much, Lucas, for the YouTube video. I will pick that later. Um, if, if someone's listening to this and they go, no, you're wrong, it's a conspiracy, what do you say to them? Well, I don't think if you're going to have a conspiracy, you'd, you'd, you'd put them on balloons. I mean, <laughs> that's a very odd conspiracy. I, I mean, the only thing and the reason that it is in any way a tech issue is it is interesting that a, a lot of people initially said this is ludicrous because satellites can see everything that a balloon can see. It's actually not true. Low-level sensors are actually better at certain things. And also, this is a society of not one big sensor. It's lots of small sensations, lots of small sensors. And that actually is a, is, is a, is a, real, um, is a real way that we work now. So it's not like there's one camera. It's like, we listen to sounds, we listen to cameras, we look at infrared, we, you know, we, we listen to, you know, we watch different types of light. So in, in a way, it's actually a, a better way of seeing how uh, it's not just a state, uh, you know, all levels of, uh, you know, private corporations and the government all, you know, use multiple ways of detecting things. And in a way, this balloon that allows many more se- many more sense devices on it is a bit of a clue to that. I don't know whether it's a security break in any way. I suspect it's a balloon, therefore it's just gone out, of course. But um it is it is a it is a better it's a better view of the real world. People who think, oh yeah, satellite data is enough. Satellite data isn't enough now. People want more. People are always going to want more. Yeah. More and more and more. Talking of which uh... <laughs> not really this is a really bad <laughs> uh, link um so digital literacy the uh, legacy geez that's my own thing uh so i wrote a piece and i think the reason why i wrote it is because i was trying to find a way of so what i mean by and actually to be fair hannah listened to this podcast and she said that it's a great podcast she loves it she loves the rambleness of it but she would like us to explain a little bit more about what we mean by things. So I will try this. So digital legacy is when you die and what happens to your digital data afterwards. Most people are like, I don't really care. I'm dead. But there are things that are useful to, to, to relatives, especially when you have relatives that are do not understand half of the things that you do and where you store stuff. Uh, so for example, I have a NAS. Um, the NAS could be quite expensive with the hard drives. I don't want them to just sell the NAS as with all the hard drives on them because that would be that would be pretty scary. You'd end up with lots of Ian Foresters all over the place or or attempts. Um, even for example, going back on that, the last uh, podcast about LastPass, how do you store your passwords? Uh, there is a period of time between when you die and when you get to the death certificate and stuff like that, where it would be really useful for um, for people around you to have access to certain accounts. Like, for example, Dropbox won't give you access, won't give a, a relative access unless you explicitly say that 
that person could have access to it. But obviously, if you're dead, then you wouldn't be able to do that. And so you have to, they have to wait for the death certificate and then do all that stuff with Dropbox to be able to get access to certain documents that you may have, for example. So I wrote a piece about it. Um, and one of the things I found was I actually got, funny enough, because I'm, I'm at my parents, I found these really nice um, keys, which I'm holding up this key with a passcode on it. All and right. um, I've got, it's encrypted on top of the key, but this encrypts it on top of that. And um, I'm using, what's it called, uh, Bitwarden with the feature where if you you assign certain people, and then if you don't, if they request access, then they got you got fourteen days or seven days or whatever days to to accept it. I try to deny it. Otherwise, they get access. And I, I'm trying to find better ways to do this. But I was wondering if anyone else had come up with or or what are you all doing around this stuff, or you just don't care? I just don't care. Okay, that's fair enough. <laughs> I. I made it simpler than you, Ian. I know I'm sure somebody can show up in my house and and do the social hacking, but I just left the password on a piece of paper and I told my kids, this is what I use for my passwords. And then Google has the whatever thing when I die three months later, it'll give somebody access or whatever. But all my passwords are there, which I'm not going to name what tool I use. Because... Yeah. <laughs> okay, somebody wants to target me or whatever. <laughs> well, just just to let you know, I mean, like the Bitwarden doesn't have my passwords. It has the password to the for the passwords. Pass, yeah, which is a key pass file, which is on yeah. these drives, which are encrypted. So you, yeah, it's not like it's just here's all the passwords. Which is you know, I don't I mean, use online services thing, either. But... I don't trust them. Yeah, yeah. It's Ryan? it's it's interesting how the more distributed things have gotten. I've kind of taken a bit of that attitude as well. It's just like, mm, how much of this do I want? Um, I I want to split the digital death thing into two topics a little bit because there's the how do we handle the retiring of our digital estates after our death? And that's the stuff we've been talking about. But there's another topic which may have been also intended, which is the you being resurrected as a digital version of yourself posthumously which we're also seeing happen. Um, and especially now combining with things like ChatGPT, like you can take a ChatGPT database or just take ChatGPT and take basically the lexicographical works, writings, speeches, and letters of Ian Forrester and go, now you've got virtual Ian. And mm. it's getting close enough and close enough that that can actually be a thing. Um, and that's, that's a different topic, but it's also very scary in its own right as well. And we are we're, we haven't really talked about that much, mm -hmm. but it's becoming it's becoming more of a reality faster than I think we're really aware of it. And I think without that awareness, we're going to get really bitten in the ass by it. I think you're right. No, I think you're absolutely right. It's it's something that I've thought about, but I haven't really written about. And because you are right, I mean, like I mean, I look at my blog, for example, and I'm like. You could run that through. There's enough stuff there. There's enough data. You could probably cre recreate the the voice of Ian Forrester. You know, it sounds like Ian Forrester because it's got enough data to work on. But well, I, I, I was more that I have personally as well. I was reading about. So I'm, I'm afraid I can't remember the article. Which is, I hate referring to articles. I, I can't remember what they were. I don't think it was about just about that. But it was a company that said their policy was to use AI to regenerate a person that died to to make it like they were still alive and and th there wasn't even a a formally formal decision by the company it's just what they were doing which seems oh. utterly astounding Alex wasn't amazon going to do something like that with alexa yes i mean uh, I, yeah i mean this is the thing i've heard sort of movements towards doing the same thing so, so keeping people, I think the Amazon one was a little more, bit more by choice, but I think it's the same thing. I think other companies are thinking, oh yeah, we could use AI to keep someone, especially you know if you have their voice recorded hundreds of times or, or whatever, you can see their writing. To I think they were using it to maintain, for instance, they always responded to certain people. So they, uh, in text-wise, it would continue, the AI would let them respond to those similar people in a similar way to, to maintain, which I just, I mean, I literally don't understand why you'd want to do that. 
but clearly there is a people believe there is a reason to do this we've already got lo-fi versions of that that's basically that that's basically the ai chat bots for any help system you go it's like hello my name is sarah yes, i'll yeah. be helping you today and you're like you're not a person sarah but at some point in time that chat gets passed from the the little computer algorithm that's supposed to look like a nice friendly person to someone who's real and they just pretend they're sarah the whole time but that's, I mean, what we're what we're seeing is this this thing already happens. We're just getting it in three D now. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. and we're already and we're and we're not necessarily having it with people who are already dead. Like, I mean, didn't ABBA has a show out that's all of them and they're still kind alive. Of dead. Well, I mean, but they're still alive. But sort they've of. got these virtual young avatars doing the show, and we had this. I mean, gorillas, gorillas did this by just making virtual. They figured yeah. it out for everyone. Never else. alive, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, I, I the only thing, Ian, I think it's if it's based on your writing, unless it's some crazy data grab where you take all the chats of somebody, which like you know, getting to for Google to agree with Apple to agree with, with all the systems that you're in, I, I doubt that will ever work. I, but I uh, don't know. I, I mean, it sounds, it sounds, you might think it sounds crazy. I don't think it's that crazy. I think no, I don't like, think it sounds crazy. Yeah. I think it's going to be like a superficial version of you. It's going to be, yeah, but it's, a, it's enough even. that it will, yeah. it will, yeah. I mean, like, I, I, I was going to say actually off the top of what Ryan said, um, I, so we have this, this, a, uh, Thing we do in the BBC um, called forecasting, and we just kind of like bring different topics to the to the, um, the session. And one of the things I was really interested in is, well, I'm always very interested, in, as Ryan knows, is um, is obviously the kind of love grumps and uh, dating. Even though I'm, I am dating someone now, um, but, thank you. Um, but actually, it's been a year now. Um, but the thing is, I've noticed and um, that that there's been a lot of work around ChatGPT in that space, but also, and I think no one's really saying it, but there's some people that they hire, a bit like what Ryan said, where there's enough that you get a conversation going with somebody and then someone else just takes over is something that's is definitely happening. You know, it's it's one of the things that just, you know, Cost of, I, I think I think you're skirting politely around the topic of how a lot of the friend finding adulty sites actually have just content bots and content farms and how like 90% of the accounts that you see on there they're there to be like hey look at all these people you could meet but they're all fake yeah. and they all come I mean you 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 wrote about this uh, where yeah. it's like it's it's this database of people you might want to get to know better. <laughs> but it's like, wait a second. I, I, I was on Plenty of Fish, and Sarah's also on this. But now her name isn't Sarah. Now her name's Juliet. What's going on? It, it's, and 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 Chat GPT and stuff like that is going to make it so much easier to crank those out. Like that's one of the yeah. things. Like like basic content filler content is going to, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm going to be less polite. Uh, I think ninety percent of the bots are women. <laughs> It, this happened in which one was the one that wait I, I think you might reached? okay I, I think you might want to be careful how you phrase that do you mean like no like, no the, the ball there's 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 very few women so, compared to men and this is what happened to the Canadian yeah so, so what you're saying is that when you see a lot of women accounts on the sites those yes. are all bots no, no, but there's not, but there's not a lot of men. Yeah, that. No, that's right. I think you said the bots are women, and women are yeah. bots. So just sort of trying to make sure you got it right around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, the order was wrong. I was like, <laughs> I'm trying to meet. Yeah, but uh, which was the Canadian one that had the breach? Oh, oh, uh, beginning of A. Yeah, it sounded yeah. like a building society. It didn't even sound like a. Right, I, didn't, I forgot the name, but that, that yeah, one, Madison. Yeah, it, they knew it was like yeah, it was around eighty percent bots and. Yeah, Ashley, were... Ashley Madison. And the fun thing about that one is that was explicitly a um extramarital affair. Yes. yes. Yeah. Like that. This this was this is a this is very explicitly a hey, do you want to go cheat on your partner? Welcome to Ashley Madison. Yeah. yeah. That's why I sound like a building society. It's much easier to use a building society than actual, uh, you know. It'd be better if they used the actual building society name. <laughs> <You were insane. laughs> 
You got to get you some? Come to Lathrum and Company Bounding Society. Yeah. Should we move on? I would like to one day bring back Love Grumps, but, you know, that, that's a whole different discussion. Yeah. Right. Okay. This is, this is yours, Ryan. I, I've never heard of this, so I'm really interested. Oh. EZ. Yeah. Easy 24 Ramen. Oh. Yeah. Oh, this is the thing. Okay. I, get ready for a rant, everyone. Hold on, hold this on. Is... Sorry, Lucas, have you heard of this? Um, David, have you heard of this? No, I had to look it up, which oh, is right. the classic. I looked it up, so I'm yeah. really interested. Go, okay, go, Ryan. So, this is a pop-up that is currently started up in London about the last four or five days. So, very topical. But it's what it is, is it is a self-service, supposedly unmanned ramen bar. So it's instant ramen. You just walk in. You're supposed to – they have these in Korea. They they brought over a bunch of these machines. They have these special machines that you like – you have these bowls. I'll, I'll get to the second. But basically, these folks wanted to do this startup to make this chain happen. They saw these, they saw these self-service restaurants in South Korea, and they're also in lots of other parts of Asia. And they're very, they're very popular. And they're like, this is a great idea. We love this. Let's try to do it in London. And there's a couple of things. Like first of all, not the same culture, folks. Like and they when when they wrote it out they were like yeah this is you know for the first we're just doing a pop up in London for this week it's going to be open twenty four seven we're going to have some people there but they're only going to be there from like ten in the morning till five and in the first day they oh, went no. nope we're closing too many too many things going out and then it, over the last couple of days they've just shortened the time shortened the times so they they didn't do it at all this weekend it was supposed to be happening this weekend they're now only opening it at five p.m. they're trying to get but here but that's that's not the thing that makes it so delicious the thing that makes it so delicious is that they're freaking crypto bros oh no and so this whole thing is wound up and we've got nfts that you can buy and you can get a lifetime membership to this chain and we're gonna have our plan like we have plans to open 10 shops this year in the uk and i'm like that's plans buddy that that's plans Wait a and, minute. But, is it real ramen or is it, it NFT it's, ramen? It, no, it's real ramen. It's oh, you know, good. it's like you know, like the kind of ramen you just go to, you know, just grab a packet and and these machines. What they do is they've got these special bowls which are not recyclable, which is hilarious because the bowls are metallicized material on the bottom. They're 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 paper bowls but with enough metal in the bottom so that you put them on the machine, you put the ramen stuff in, you press the button, it puts out the right amount of hot water, but then it uses an induction top to heat up the bowl so it cooks it for like three minutes and everyone's like this is really cool and i looked at it and thought that's really cool but then i went there's no way you can be recycling those bowls so this thing is going to be trash wise it's a nightmare and also something to think about from the cultures it came from maybe they're not as concerned about that either um but this whole thing is just nuts and the it's not just the shop because i like the idea of a shop i like the idea of a 24 7 place i i'm more inclined to if you've seen the videos of these places in japan where you can not have to deal with a human to get your ramen it's actually it's actually cooked ramen but you go into the machine you 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 punch on the ticket get the ticket like this is my pork katsuman ramen whatever and then you just pay at the machine then you sit in this booth and there's walls on the side so no peopling <laughs> no that peopling just just noodles man and then you give them the ticket and they slide a little door up in the front they slide it through without ever having to see your face or anything and they're like okay cool i was like that sounds kind of neat on days, so cool. on days on days when i don't want a human like there are days i i do a lot of humaning i actually like humans i'm very social for a geek but i i get the not wanting a human that's cool but this place is literally just do it yourself like what you do is you you and you're supposed to have a membership and the idea is when you have a membership so you pay for like a month and then whenever you want to you can just walk in grab one of these instant ramen packages they have a whole they're supposed to have a whole bunch of variety grab instant ramen pack grab a pole open the instant ramen pack put it in the bowl get yourself some chopsticks and press the button it makes it for you and that's great but then they just wrapped the whole thing in crypto like they're putting up nft art on the walls the lifetime membership is an nft so if you if you get a lifetime membership they were they were offering lifetime memberships to people who would volunteer to work in the shops but those are nfts and like no it's great because then you can resell it i'm like the it's just there's nothing about this that needed to be an nft shop there's there's absolutely it only complicates things and it's to this point now where it just feels like they're just going look they can't say it but they just go please for the love of god can you put some more money into nfts and and to the whole crypto you know cryptocurrency thing so that we can get our money out we're, we're at the bottom level of the graft pyramid 
and we need some more people to come underneath so that we can get our money back. This is this yeah, is what's happening. The rug, we need, we need, we need to grow the rug. Yeah, that, that was exactly what I said. I was like, it's a Robin rug pool. Yeah, <laughs> Robin rug pool. Yeah, and I, I just and I and I've been watching them try to get like buzz on social media. I, I like like I don't know why everyone needs to use Instagram for this, but they use Instagram. If you're a restaurant, you use Instagram because you hate people. Um. <laughs> But like and like they're like, yeah, come on in, tweet us out, use our hashtag. And I'm looking on Twitter and they get like they've got like seven replies on Twitter <laughs> and half of the replies are people who can't help but put NFT somewhere or Ethereum in their username. So they're not even real people. They're their, they're their crypto bro friends who they said, hey, buddy, could you give us a tweet and help us generate a little bit of buzz? I can just see the whole thing happening in real time. I'm just watching this. I'm going, oh, buddy. <laughs> so right now my hope is that they're going to collapse and I'm going to see if I can buy one of the self-service ramen machines off. Of <laughs> <laughs> so where is this? This must be Shoreditch. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh. Yeah. Well, of course well, it well, is. It's, it's actually just up. Actually, it's kind of um, it's just up kind of city city road. City road. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's in it's in one of those it's in one of those we work wannabe spaces. Of course it is. Yes. Like like rent our rent us out and you know everything rent... temporary. So when they have to run away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when the when the robin rug gets pulled. Yeah. There'll be nothing. There'll be nothing left but the smell of disappointed geeks. Yeah. Of the bots putting the reviews. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that that's easy. Twenty four ramen, and and I did. I looked up stuff on them, and it turns out that this is they 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 don't talk about this anywhere. They tried to do this in Oxford. Like there was yeah. this thing. There was I found I found an article about them, like another Buzz article, but it was like opening in Oxford this winter, and I was like, I want to go there and be like, what happened in Oxford, buddy? <laughs> What, what what happened at Oxford? Did it not? They don't work? talk about Oxford. They don't, don't talk, talk about, about Oxford. Oxford. <laughs> but yeah, I just it's just it's 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 this weird. I clearly it's a hot point for me because it's something that I like and a geeky thing that I like, and then they just smother it in this horrible jam of crypto crypto stuff, and it's just. And, and, and it gives me this weird peek into the future where we're just going to take things that you like and try to hold them as a weird kind of hostage to get you to spend money on crypto cryptocurrency bullshit. Oh dear. Like I'm, I'm waiting for We Rate Dogs to come out with their NFTs. We Rate Dogs. Because they're because you know, I I would I would make I would bet all of my money that the guy who does We Rate Dogs. Have you you've seen We Rate Dogs? I've seen We Rate Cats. I've seen those We Rate Dogs. We Rate Dogs is this really lovely, nice pictures of dogs. He's super wholesome as AF. He's great. And he's got like millions of got. But I would be, I, I'm dead certain that many, many people have approached him with, hey, how can we use your puppies to sell NFTs? Like, I guarantee Ooh. you that has happened. That's, that is the title. How can we use your puppies to? How can we use your NFTs? how can we use your puppies to sell NFTs? That is the title. Yeah. Steal puppies? Question mark. Profit. Yes. Lucas, you must have something to say about because I know you have lots to say about this area. Yeah. Uh, I don't like any type. Well, the crypt saying crypto is fine, but the whole blockchain thing, I, I don't know. And Web three, all that stuff concerns me. The people behind me, behind it, all seem like I don't know, very fishy. <laughs> but NFTs, I never liked. Every even in the beginning, some friends of mine were like, "Well, maybe this, that." I'm like, eh, "What? Who cares? Like, it's still digital. What? What am I owning?" I mean, I, I don't get it. Yeah, it was. It was I don't hard to get love. The scarcity. Yeah, it's not even like a video game where scarcity on a video game works, but here it's like, no, it doesn't work. I still yeah. can get the picture. I don't need the hash. I don't care. <laughs> scarcity is the word there. And this is like, this is one of the things that I was thinking about this weekend was just the idea that like scarcity is a problem. Scarcity is something that we don't want. And yet, there's a whole bunch of people who basically came up with this idea of, hey, it, it, it it's particularly it's, with NFTs, it's like it's this thing where it's the only thing of value to this things is that there is a is that there is a scarcity to them. 
that we generate by only making some of them and that we leave ourselves the option of making shit tons of them if we want to it, it's just it's 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 do you, do you, know, do you know the phrase lucy and the football yep Okay, you remember, there's an old Charlie Brown cartoon. It's a running joke in the Charlie Brown cartoon. Oh, Lucy sorry, yes. Pulls yes, away the yeah. football. It's yes. Lucy and the always football. And, the football, and Charlie yes. Brown always falls for it. It's just this thing where it's just like NFTs, it just always feels like Lucy and the football now. It's like, no, this one's really going to get it. It's like the only thing that makes anyone think this is worth money is that you've hyped it up. And once you've gotten your money, like even if you succeed, even if you get it super hyped and you do this, once you get your money, you're going to stop hyping it and go on to the next thing to hype, and this thing's going to stop being valuable. Like that, just it's inherent in the structure that this is a graft. Ah. Yeah. yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try and defend. I'm just gonna. Just gonna. Because <laughs> well, at this point, I don't. I don't know who's even like. I mean, all the people behind it are are millionaires or billionaires or whatever. It's like. I, I don't know. The else are all like. Behind NFT, I don't, I don't know if there's anyone behind NFTs. <laughs> they're, they're so like, it, I mean, you know, yeah. So I, okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something. Um, I, I, so I think there are some creative uses of this stuff. I think, I think. Sorry, that, when you say this stuff, do you mean? Yeah, I know. Crypto, I know. blockchains, NFT, because we are being a bit general here, which is a bit naughty. I know. I know. Yeah. It's really difficult. So I think. So I, I think that there can be some interesting uses of, let's say, NFTs. There could be, like, generative NFTs that generate other ones. But the problem is, is that it's, it's combining a whole bunch of. So, like, for example, generative art has been around for a long, long time. It's really interesting. But to have some kind of seed that, that are that you have, and then you put it with another seed, and it it can generate something different. That's interesting, but it doesn't have to be mixed up in this, in you know, in this thing where you are suddenly valuing this as some ridiculous figure. And I think that is the problem. I think that some of the stuff can be interesting, and they have been done before. But suddenly, like a bit like the um, puppies to sell NFTs, this is a really fun thing. And then they've probably put all this stuff on it. To, well, to, the like, thing is, you, you can't. You can't. The, this is this is i've seen this argument before and the argument is basically but if he if we just if we just if we just don't put this context on it there might be something good here and my point is that it comes with the context and here's the here's the really tricky part it is entirely feasible and i think likely that this generates that context by default that it's something good but the nature of it causes and attracts really bad actors so it's like even if you manage to get a clean start, you got a clean room, clean society, crypto, yay, it would just pull things in. Um, I read a book uh, about a month or two ago called Tracers in the Dark, The Global Hunt for the Crime Lords of Cryptocurrency It's uh, by Andy Greenberg. Uh, really a good read. It's also a really good read about how they how they figured out and the ways they figured out to track Bitcoin and stuff like that. And it, it's, it's a really good kind of from an external perspective. However, some of the material in there is – disturbing like towards the end when they get done with when they get when they start getting to some of the really nasty stuff that that people do with cryptocurrency and trying to find them and it's and the, the stories are about the people who track them down and one of the interesting things was that you get onto a certain topic i'm not going to say it because it's horrible but like the people like basically there's this one area of bad stuff that is used cryptocurrency used for that Every person who they brought in as an expert who dealt it and managed to solve a case just retired from doing crypto law work after it because it burned their soul so much. Like there's, and it, it's not like it's just like, and this is the thing that made me think about this topic was like, it's it's like it's really useful, but it just has this odd side effect of attracting Cthulhu. <laughs> Other you know, than that, it's good. Tastes tastes great on fries, but kills your family when you're not looking. Yeah. But other than that, it's fine. Yeah, and it's and it's 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 like this thing where it's like, does it have to have this? And it's like, yeah, but it keeps happening. Yeah, not only keeps up. So it's it's supposed to be decentralized, but then it starts to become centralized again. Like everything, we we always lose, right? Everything becomes centralized, and the other problem is. That because it is not regulated by governments or whatever, it's 
what you just said happened. There, there's some really good there's some really good writing about the different ways that you give the benefits of blockchain stuff. The, the part of the problem with blockchain is that you either have to pay for the security with huge amounts of um, computer processing time. That's how that's how the Bitcoin stuff works. So there's there's like, like you know proof of stake, proof of concept, all this other stuff. And then each of them have their trade offs. I will say um, another book that I read, uh, which was very good and had blockchain in it as part of the solution was um ministry for the future kim stanley robinson's science fiction oh, right. near near future book about uh how the earth pulls itself out of the global warming crisis uh and one of the things that they do is they just they one of there's they have to use multiple solutions to this no one's no one thing's going to solve all of this but one of the things they do is they basically do a carbon-backed currency that's built on blockchain that they do basically go, all right, we're going to use this as a currency and you get this currency when you sequester, remove carbon from the atmosphere. And, and, and it's, it's, and it makes this, it was, it's a useful literary device to talk about the value of this. And one of the things they have to do is they have to go to like very oil rich nations and go, we're just going to give you money to leave the oil in the ground. Yeah. Okay. And it's, it's, and 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 they the nice thing is that they actually talk about how horrible it feels to do that. Um, but it that that's another place where the, I think the crypto stuff has yeah. has some interesting has some interesting uses. I I don't disagree, but man, right now it just seems to you can't you can't pull off you you can't you can't shoo the flies fast away fast enough. I, I think this. I mean, this it does attract problems. Even though underlying, I think it's a technology. It should work in some areas. Again, this use of the word trustless. And you've got perfectly innocent people saying, yes, this is really good. It's a trustless system. And you're thinking, that's not a good thing in and no, of it's itself. Yep. You don't want to attract trustless. Do you what, what, understand what you're what, saying? More so, it's like the fact that you think that's a good idea makes me think you're not a good person. Yes, yes. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, you know, sometimes think, are you innocent or are you like just an idiot or are you evil? Because like, you don't advance the nature of trustlessness this is like you know, hey i want to have a trustless relationship with you no you don't you definitely do not no. <laughs> humans humans are messy and squishy and if you don't like that tough yeah <laughs> you know we need boundaries yeah you, i still think i i know a lot of people hate it but eventually if it ever works it's i know it's gonna have to be regulated and it's it's probably starting to get regulated because if well, you governments want are starting you... governments are starting to look at it. I mean, it's a it, there will be it's gonna sort of come in waves. It'll leave in the it'll leave in the tide and come back again slightly different. And it's just gonna keep yeah. on lapping on the shores well, for the next wants twenty the years. Regulation. Nobody wants the regulation, but the moment you lose it to some hacker, it's like oh, I now I want the the police to find this. Yes. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, then yeah. you want regulation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it'll it'll keep on coming back on the tide. Slightly Everyone's a libertarian place. until their house burns down and they need a fire department. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you sold that. You don't have one anymore. Ian, okay. save us. No, no, I, um, help. Yeah. <laughs> True to what, um, I did not know about the sad loss of Dilbert. Well, this is very recent. I did not know that. that how soon was that? I read it today. Yeah, oh. I think it's last night. Sad today. loss of Dilbert. Well, yeah, Scott Adams made a racist uh, uh, rant, and now his syndication rights have been pulled by most of the normal media. Even oh, Scott States. Adams has been yeah, bad he's news been for a while. Like he's he been a bit. He's been yeah, he's been edgy. He's been you know like uh, those uh, you know unheard and trigonometry. Those sort of people would love him. You know. But he's been on the sort of okay side, but he just went on an actual oh, racist rant. Yeah. So, uh, and uh, to the extent where, um, his, yeah, his syndication would be pulled by, I mean, I think by wow. now, I think everybody's pulled it off, pulled him off. So, I mean, no great loss, really. I mean, how long has so it, it been since, how long has it, been since right? it was funny? Like, like seriously, like, even if like, it, it's this separating the art from the artist thing that people talk about, especially with some of the, you know, some of the other topics going on. But like, you you only want to separate the art from the artist when the art is worth saving. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Dilbert I hasn't mean, been worth saving. Like it's, no. it's this thing where it's like it, it was an easy decision because like oh I don't have to read Dilbert 
Oh, yay, I don't have to read Dilbert. Wait, I never had to read Dilbert. No, no one's been reading Dilbert the last 10 years. Wait, so yeah, I never read Dilbert. Oh, I, I, <laughs> there was, I liked there was it a, 20 years ago. There was an early geek appeal. Great. Yeah, there was an yeah, early yeah. geek appeal. He was like bastard operator from hell light, you know? Yeah. <laughs> he was he was, he was was the bastard operator from hell, business hell culture, um, web com, comic strip that you could show to your friends. Yeah. And, and they yeah. might have a chance of getting it. He explained consultant culture, you know, and, and the relationship between dev and management and the famous no, token know, ring thing. Very good. My dad used to sell licenses in the 90s or early 2000s. I can't remember for, you know, cups or whatever in South America. <laughs> you know, it was like like Garfield or whatever back then. I don't know. But yeah, I, I, I never got it. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you don't have to because it's because yeah. it's cancelled. It's there were a couple gone. of funny things, but yeah. I said Garfield. I never found Garfield funny. Oh, Garfield I mean, was great. Yeah, that's for kids. I, yeah, yeah hey, but I never found it funny hey, as a kid either. Hey, at any point, Garfield was. Okay, well, was yeah, that's okay. How about it's this? Good. I think Garfield was the. That you're a kid. The early stage Seinfeld. Yeah. If you oh, want to maybe. see, if you want to see something interesting, you have you should find Garfield without Garfield. Like there's there's a guy who does who takes Garfield strips and then just removes Garfield from them, so it's just John looking like he's insane, talking to nobody at all in his house. That might be an improvement. And, and some it, it is, and it's actually weirdly poignant. Sometimes you're like, oh, poor John. <laughs> I like the fact that somebody's done that. Hey, what if I take the thing out that the yeah. thing's about? That's good. It's like this no you know context no Brits context and so forth. It's just absolutely brilliant the the things they managed to get you know sort of what did I have today a um, a van with this van contained contains no tomatoes or something written at the back of it. Well, it's <laughs> it it's like there there's a, something there's something very internet and internet culture that I like to the whole you know you've got we are we are the we are the million monkeys on typewriters and we're just throwing spaghetti against the wall to see what sticks. But every now and then we throw something and go fuck that's great. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and I and to bring it around to some of the the AI stuff earlier, I've, one of the things that kind of scares me is that we're getting to a point like like we we may be able to automate the monkeys on the typewriters now. Like Chat GPT has there is a there's a Twitch channel, which is Infinite Seinfeld, and it is it is an AI written and animated perpetual channel of humor that is being written by an AI that had been trained up on Seinfeld episodes. And it's not great, but every now and then it's actually funny. Oh my God, that's quite scary. It's just it continuous. Is. I, thought it was, <laughs> I, thought they, I thought they took it down because it was... It was I, I, I may be behind the times on that. I, they okay. may have taken it down already. Yeah, I, I heard about it, but I, I thought they took it down because of there was some kind of copyrights thing or so. I don't know quite what. An AI copyright lawyer who was in fact being generated <laughs> <laughs> okay so um we should move on because we're getting close to the hour i think um i wasn't actually counting the time but uh so i had one which i was going to do um the public service meetup which i've kind of talked a little bit about on my blog but i feel like it's an opportunity to do something around public service and like but around the future of public service. Um, I, I think it could be quite good. Um, you'd be disagreeing, but what I like about it is also in particular is that I'm trying to pick places which are public, like parks and libraries and NHS centers and stuff like that, rather than pubs. That libraries? You mean the things yeah. that will be closed down? No, no not all of them. Pretty much all of them. This is the... The start of a whole new anyway. I will leave it at that. Okay, move on. Uh, <laughs> so the last one is uh gender balance on tech grubs. Um and I think this is something that yeah, I know we all do feel very strongly about. And I know that Ryan in particular, me and Ryan talked, especially when we talked about love grubs about we need to be much better and do a lot more on this. Um, so I I mean, I am definitely reaching out to many different people. I am trying to you know, kind of get some people more involved. Um, you should just point out, Ian's making hand signals that look yeah. like he's frigging some rigging. Uh, it has nothing to do with, I don't know what he's doing. I'm, I'm trying to, well, I'm trying to, I think the, I think the tricky part is that, um, 
it, it, this, this is what I like about web, yeah, this is about tech free, right? This is tech comps free, right? It's an opportunity now to go, right, we're going to um, do a lot more to bring in a more diverse group of people into tech grubs. Um, look, we have Lucas from from Canada. You know, that's a start. You know, it's He's a false Argentinian. That's pretty good. Like, there's yeah, no others. That is very true. Yeah, but I think I mean I do think that what I'm trying to say is that I'm a cisgendered real... white American. Um... Oh, no. <laughs> I think ultimately I think there's opportunity. If you are listening to this and you would really like to to be involved or or to just kind of yeah, just get involved. We're recording once a month now, and there is opportunity for you to be involved. I think we're trying to stick to about four or five people per episode, uh, rather than lots of people. Um, but I definitely would welcome more and more people to come on Tech Grumps. I, I have some practical ideas I can talk to you about after yeah. the show, Ian. I can. Okay. So you, so you say something like, because this is something that I, my last job that I was at, one of the things I was really proud of was that I managed to get a tech team that was more than half women, mm. which is the first time that's ever happened in my career. And I was really happy about that. We, we should talk. We should yep. definitely talk. Um, David, do you have anything to say? See how you're always on here. <laughs> were you trying to say I should put on a wig? No, no, no. I mean we're not on. No, yeah, I'm I mean not saying it, that. I did. No, I did think about it. This is like number one. No one minds what the composition is because everybody knows it will just be randomly thrown together. Uh, but uh, we're now episode two, and like, yeah, it's still guys. So I think the point I I had I was sort of thinking, yeah, we do have to think about how that is going, which is exactly what you just said. So I no, I don't have anything to add. We're not doing it on a purpose. Um, we didn't do it before, by the way. So we no, no, no reason exactly. for us. Yeah. So um, if it's self-criticism, uh, yeah, it's correct. Yeah, I think we just need to be more active about you yes. know, what we're trying to do, rather than just go, oh, you know, we would like you to be involved. It's kind of like, no, no, we actively need to be talking to people and saying, please come on, you know, um, be part of this, you know, drive this, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can talk to some friends, see if they want to come on. You guys can talk to, but yeah. Yeah. Because in the UI UX world is a bit more 50-50. I used to be a programmer, and yeah, over there it's different. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know if anyone else had anything to say. I just wanted to put that at the end because I wanted to highlight that we are going to actively do a lot more. It's a good um, note to end on. Yeah. Okay. Well, good stuff. I will leave it at that. So I'll say goodbye from, Bye. from myself, Ian Forrester, Ryan. Bye. David Eastman. Bye. Lucas. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. Um, as I said, it's once a month. Uh, do subscribe to Tech Grubs. It's still available in Apple Podcasts, which is very strange. Which is quite fun. <laughs> don't tell anyone. They don't. They they may have forgotten about it, and if, if they've forgotten about it, they won't know enough to turn it off. And save money. <laughs> <laughs> What's this server in the corner doing? Kick, kick. Yeah. <laughs>